the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast to pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. Jesus Christ is both Lord and Savior of you and me. But he's also the example of how life ought to be lived out by you and me. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the firstborn of many brothers. He is the older brother, and we are his many brothers. That means that he's the big brother who's supposed to show all the other brothers how to successfully represent the Father. The same way that Jesus represented the Father is the same way that we're supposed to represent him too. Our big brother Jesus shows us how to represent the Father the way the Father wants us to do. We're supposed to be imitators of our Father in all these things, and Jesus will show us how to do what God wants us to do properly like he plans for me and you to do. We're all supposed to be imitators of Christ. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Being Imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. How y'all doing today? So am I. Same Lord, same faith, same results. Bless God. That's all we that blessed. His name is Jesus. Blessed be his name, the Lord. If you got your Bible with you, I invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5 and get ready for a word that's going to be all the way live. That's going to aid and assist you in doing what it is that you've been dancing and shouting around here saying that you want to do. And that's lift his name up on high. That's if you really want to. I'm going to show you some things that you can do to be able to lift his name up like you say you want to do. That's if you really want to do what he said to do. Or was you just getting your aerobics in? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to continue in the teaching that we started just a little while back. And that's called being imitators of Christ. Being imitators of Christ. Because that's God's desire for me and you. I'm talking about those that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior like he wanted us to. We are supposed to be imitators of Christ in everything we do. So since that's what we're supposed to do, then we ought to learn about that and we ought to want to do that. And we ought to learn everything we need to do so that we can be able to do what God has called us to do. And that's be imitators of Christ like he wants us to. We're going to read the foundational text of this verse, which is in Ephesians chapter 5. And then we're going to do a short review. And then we'll move forward to today's installment of what God has in store for you. So if I were you, I'd have a need to hear what the Lord's going to say to you today. Because he's going to explain to you clearly why it is that you want to do what it is that he wants you to do. And clearly what you need to do to do what he wants you to do. Have a need to hear what the Lord will clearly say unto you. We're going to read the foundational text starting with Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. It reads... Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also have loved us, and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not once be named among you as become of saints, 
neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenience, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God unto the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. God's talking to his church. He says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. God's talking to his church right now, and he's telling us what he wants us to do. One of the things he wants us to do is to be able to redeem the time. Why? Because he said these days are evil, so we need to buy back this time. We need to use this time wisely, this time that we're still here on earth, this time that we're still moving forward, doing what it is that God wants us to do until he comes back and takes me and you and takes us to that place that he's already got waiting on me and you. Praise God. We ought to use this time wisely. Praise God. Not as fools. God wants us to operate this thing wisely like we're supposed to do and not as fools because those are your two options that are available. You could either operate in wisdom or operate like a fool. And remember, God is talking to his church right here, his children. He's telling them, quit acting like fools. Of course, we already learned already, praise God, what the biblical definition of a fool is. And that's a person that says in his heart that there is no God. Well, I'm so glad ain't no fools up in here, praise God, because everybody up in here know that there's a God, praise God. Everybody in here knows that we serve the one true God the only wise God, creator of heaven and earth. We know he is, there's a God. Praise God. We know that he made us and not we ourselves. We know that we are his sheep of his pasture. And so therefore we allow him to be in our lives what he wants to be and that's the God that he wants us to be. So we ain't no fools, praise God. But we found out that there's also practical fools that walk around this world too, practical fools. And those are people who conduct themselves as though there is no God, who make decisions in their lives as there is no God, who conduct themselves in their lives just like God does not live, like like God really not is, and they conduct themselves like that. Well, therefore, that's why he can include that amongst his church. Because although his church ain't fools, as in say that there is no God, because we know there's a God, many of us still act like fools, praise God, because we conduct our lives as though there is no God. We make decisions and begin to do things and live our lives in such a way whereas it's as though there is no God that lives in us this very day. I'm so glad ain't no fools up in here. Praise God. Because God has designed us, praise God, to be able to live this thing out like supposed to. That's why he's trying to talk to his church right now and telling his church, wake up. God's trying to wake up his church right now because his church is asleep. Wake up. Because his church is making decisions like they fools, conducting themselves like they ought not do. Wow, these days are so evil. These are some evil days out here. Praise God. When you look around out in this world, you see evil everywhere. Praise God. Evil is just manifesting. It's just multiplying right before our very eyes. We don't even have to wonder whether, or, or whether this thing is ever going to happen because we can look and see that it's already realized. Re- evil's everywhere. But the problem is it's seeping up in here, in the church too. 
And see, we're supposed to be the solution for the evil that's out there because we're supposed to be the children of light to be able to be sent to the darkness so that the darkness can know what to do. See, the darkness don't know what to do until light shows up. And that's where we come in because we're the children of light. That's why he says, so walk as children of light. Because unfortunately, the people that he's called to be the remedy for this foolishness out there that people see ain't living the life that they're supposed to, but they're living like fools rather than people that operate like there really is a God, like they're supposed to. And by the way, in case you're new here, I use you preaching, praise God. I'm really not talking about you because I know it's not you because I know you wouldn't do a thing like that. But it helped me flow a little bit. Are you listening to me so I can go ahead and say you? So I'm, I'm saying you like it's you, but I'm saying in you like it's you. Praise God. Amen. But it's really not you. Praise God. Because I know you wouldn't ever do the stuff that I'm talking about right here. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Just want you to know how I flow. Praise God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God, God, God's trying to talk to us right now. And he's telling his church, come on, wake up. Because, you know, people who are asleep do things that they don't even know what they do. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that sleeps and snores. Praise God. Usually when you wake them up and tell them, hey, hey, you were snoring. They say, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't because, see, they answer as though they wasn't because they didn't know that they were because they were asleep. Because when you're asleep, you're oblivious to what you do. And God is talking to a church that is oblivious of what they're doing, oblivious that they're acting like a fool and don't even know it because they're asleep. Well, God's trying to wake his church up right now and say, come on, come on, pay attention to what you're doing. You're fighting in your sleep. You're fighting living the life that I intend for you to live. You're snoring in your sleep. You're making annoying noises, noises to everybody else around you, whereas nobody can be able to live the life that they're supposed to live around you. God's trying to wake his church up right now and say, look, these times is evil, and I need you to stand up and be the people that I called you to be. Be the children of life that I ordained you to be. Be the people of, uh, of God who are walking around being able to live a life that is free so that they free can set other folk free like it's supposed to be. Are you listening to me up in here? God desires to be able to uh, live, have us live out a life that causes darkness to be at bay. In fact, back away on a given day because we live in this thing out the way the word has to say. But the only problem is the church ain't doing it. But I'm so glad that there's a place in San Antonio, Texas called Word of Faith Christian Center at 1928 Bassey Road presently that's conducting themselves like God wants them to do. And that's living this thing out as children of light like we ought to. We found out in order to do that that we need to be followers of Christ as dear children. We found out that that word followers means imitators, that we're supposed to be imitators of Christ. We're supposed to imitate him in what we do. We're supposed to mimic him. That's both in action as well as speech. That's in order if we're going to reach the people we're supposed to reach. Because we're supposed to be different than them. We ain't supposed to be the same as them. So therefore, we're supposed to imitate Christ, not imitate them. Unfortunately, the church of the living God is trying to imitate the world rather than imitate God. But that's not who we call to imitate. We call to imitate God as dear children and walk in love even as he is walking love. That our speech and our actions are the way that God wants us to be. And we're supposed to tread all around, walk all around, and live that every place just like God wants us to be. We found out that's one of the reasons why Jesus was here. Not only to reconcile us to the Father, thank you, Lord, that he did that, but he also was to be an example unto us because he was the firstborn of many brethren. Now, we the many brothers that he the firstborn of. And so, therefore, we're supposed to look at our brother to see how we're supposed to conduct ourselves and live out the way that he did, too, because he flat out pleased the Father in everything that he do. That's why we found out the ultimate aim in a Christian's life is to display Christ-likeness. 
The ultimate aim in a Christian's life is to display Christ-likeness. It's not to get a new car and be able to drive far and send back selfie pictures of you of what you was there doing. Praise God. No, that's not what you, life is about. You can do that in life, but that's not what life is about. Life for a Christian is to be able to live God-like, Christ-like. Praise God. Whereas we live godly and we live holy. That's what God wants us to do. Those of us who are born again and stuff like that, too, that we're supposed to be able to live this thing out like God wants us to. Are you listening to me up in here? He's our example. We're supposed to look, keep our eyes fixed on him because he is the author and finisher of our faith, the way we're supposed to be living our lives each and every day. Praise God. But we found out, praise God, but in order to do that, we got to be able to uh, want to do that. And that's why he also placing a desire even inside of me and you to do that. We found out as a result of being born again, we've been cleaned up from the filthiness of this world. God's been trying to get this filth of this world off of me and you. Because he didn't just want to clean us up on the inside. He wants to clean us up on the outside so that we can be able to live this thing out like he's supposed to. That we once used to be in sin. Dead in sin and in trespasses. But we ain't in that no more. We've been saved. And as we're being saved, we found out we got delivered. And that's both delivered as in taken out of something and delivered and, and protected also too. That God is not only delivering us out of something, but he's protecting us from something too. So that we can be able to live this thing out like we're supposed to. Not living according to our old conversation and lifestyles based upon the lust of our mind and fulfilling the desires of our flesh like we used to. But now we're moving forward and filling out God's desires and doing what he wants us to do. Praise God. We found out that we don't have to live according to carnality no more. We got spirituality now, praise God, because we found our spirituality is what opposes our carnality, that if you got spirituality, you won't be carnal no more. That's why don't you let nobody tell you that you're too spiritual, because see, what that means is that you, so you could be a little bit more carnal. No, you want to be spiritual so you can end the carnality, being flesh-ruled and flesh-led. That's why we're ending up in other people's beds, living lives that we ain't supposed to do. It's because we have not been living this thing like God ought to do. But I'm so glad that up in here, up in here, up in here, that there's a people that's living this thing out like God wants them to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, we're supposed to be holy. I'm about to cuss at you right now. Praise God. We're about to live holy. I'm about to use a four-letter word against you right now. We're supposed to live holy. See, to a lot of Christians, that's a four-letter word. Praise God, it's, 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 it's all I'm cussing at you when I say holy. No, we're supposed to live holy and godly in this world. That's what God wants us to live. We're supposed to be holy and live godly, being an imitator of Christ. Well, if we're supposed to be an imitator of Christ, well, let's look at Christ and see what Christ did. If we're supposed to imitate him and do what he did. Turn over to 1 John chapter 3, please. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed by what you're about to see. Because I'm going to show you in the book that this is what God wants you to do. So you don't think it's my opinion. Because this ain't my opinion. I'm giving you the word of God and telling you what you ought to do. Hallelujah. Some of those scriptures that we looked past when we was on those way, on our way to those scriptures to find out how to have more money and how to get us a honey. Praise God. And how to be able to get what we want in prayer. Praise God. We, we skipped some of these scriptures. Praise God that's up in here. Well, I'm going to bring them back to your attention. Because this is what God wrote to you too in the B-I-B-L-E that he gave to you the basic instructions before leaving earth. So before you leave earth, you need to read the instructions and know how to live this thing out. First John chapter three, since we're going to be like the Lord, which is a tremendous gift and a pleasure. First John chapter three, of course, we're reading out a book of first John, which is a, a epistle that talks about the fellowship of love, the fellowship of love of how we are supposed to conduct ourselves and live our lives as a result of coming into contact in unity with love. We found out God is love, and, and love is God. And because God is love, praise God, then when we fellowship with love, we fellowship with God. 
So we got to learn how to be able to live our lives connected with God, living like God wants us to do. And this is going to teach us a little bit of something about that to me and you. First John chapter three, verse one, it says, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us of not because it knew him not. Oh, man, that's shouting ground right there. It says, behold. Remember when I told you anytime you see the word behold in Scripture, it's a neon sign in Scripture. God is blinking it straight up there at you saying, check this out. Don't miss this because I got a word for you. It's saying, behold, check it out. What manner of love the Father have bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called the sons of God. See, you don't understand. A lot of people don't understand that the opportunity to be a Christian is an elevation of life. The opportunity to be a Christian is an elevation of standing in life. The opportunity to be a Christian is an opportunity to live a life that you did not live, a life that you could never receive, only God could give, that if you can receive this life, baby, you got you some life. She just said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That word is the life in the word zoe, which is Z-O-E with two little snake bites over it, praise God. That's, that's, that means God kind of life. God wants you to live the God kind of life. You've been given the privilege to live the God kind of life. When you got born again, the Bible says in John chapter 1 that you received the the privilege to become a son of God. It said to them that received him gave he the, 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 the power to become sons of God. That word power means right, privilege, and authority. You've received the privilege to be son of God. And if you haven't ever understood what this privilege is, you would understand what manner of love that the God has bestowed upon you. To be able to live a life that there was no other way that you could live. To be able to life, uh, live a life that nothing else and nobody else can give. It's a life that only God can give. God has given you the privilege to become a son of God. That's why it goes on to say that, 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 that therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. See, the world don't know nothing about this. The world don't know nothing about God. The world don't know nothing about me and you. That's why they don't understand me and you. So I tell us, hey, you know, y'all, y'all being all this, y'all being all that, y'all being all judgmental, you being all this. No, 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 no. You don't even understand what we're doing because we're at a whole nother level than you. Are you listening to me? Peasants don't understand kings. Are you listening to me up in here? They don't even understand how kings do what they do. Praise God. Because they ain't royalty, so they can't walk like me and you. Are you listening to me up in here? See, don't everybody understand where we're coming from. We understand where we're coming from. We know, we know. We know that it's a privilege to be a son of God. We know that there's no life to live than other than being a son of God. There is no better life to live than the one that we live in Christ. But it's important for them to make sure that we live out that life. Because we, we know something, praise God. See, they don't understand us. We understand us. And we understand what it is to be like a Christian and, and live this thing out like we're supposed to. First John chapter 3. He goes on to say, drop down, praise God, to verse 5. It says... In verse 5, and ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. It says we know that he was manifested to take away our sins. Now, we know that part, praise God, because we shout about that part, that Jesus Christ came to this earth to take away our sins. And didn't he, didn't he, didn't he do it? Do a tremendous job at it. Praise God. It's called a great exchange that he did on the cross for me and you. Took our sin away from me and you and allowed himself to become that. Second Corinthians chapter five puts it this way. It says him who himself who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are not a righteousness of God. 
We ain't sinners saved by grace. We are righteousness of God in him. We are the righteousness because an exchange was made. Praise God. He took upon our sinfulness and we took upon his sinlessness. He took upon our, uh, our unrighteousness and we took upon his righteousness. Now we are the righteousness of God that was in him. We weren't, but we are now. Praise God. But notice we get excited about that part, but there's an and behind that. Verse says, and in him is no sin. In him is no sin. So that's what I'm telling us a very powerful thing right there. That Christ is no sin in him. Christ, there's no sin in him. And see, we made an exchange with Christ. He took upon our death. We took upon his life. He took upon our sinfulness. We're supposed to take on his sinlessness in such a way as we don't get saved to live like we used to. We get saved to live a brand new life that's presented to me and you. And oh, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us to give us an opportunity to live a life where there is no sin. Now, we in Christ. Anybody here in Christ? But the Bible says there's no sin in Christ. Praise God. We in Christ. Everybody, is anybody here in Christ? The Bible says there's no sin in Christ. So if we in Christ and we still sinning, what's wrong? Something wrong. Because we supposed to be imitators of him. And as imitators of him, that same thing's supposed to be said about me and you. Eventually. That we don't sin either. That same thing's supposed to be said about me and you. Eventually. That we don't sin either. There's supposed to come a day, praise God, in a not too distant a day, that we're supposed to be able to stand of ourselves too. There's no sin in us either. Somebody say process. Now, I know there's a process, praise God. I know that. I know that. I know there's a process. I know that the moment you got born again, no gooby dust didn't drop on you from heaven, and all of a sudden you instantly became sin, didn't do no sin no more. I know that. I know that. I know this is a process. It's a learning thing, praise God. But at the same time, come on and learn that thing. Can I put a pause button right here? Because, see, a lot of people want to use this old tired, wore-out Christian saying, praise God, with God still working on me. Praise God, with God still working on me to be able to explain away their lack of desire to live less sinless like they're supposed to. So they just play it off on me. You know, God's still looking on me. <laughs> well, when he going to finish? Praise God. He's been doing this for 40 years. Praise God. He's been working on you for 40 years in the same thing. You still cussing folk out? You still going off on folk? You still waving at folk, only using one finger, kind of economize the other fingers and stuff like that? You still doing stuff you ought not do, going off on folk and stuff like that, lying and cheating and stealing and doing things you ought not do? I understand he's working on you, but dang! Ain't he going to finish sometime? So quit using that old tired phrase about, you know, he's still working on me. The Bible says that he that has begun a good work in you is going to be faithful to perform it even until the day of Jesus Christ. He's both Alpha and Omega. He's both beginning and end. Remember you were singing it a minute ago, he's Alpha, Omega. Well, he done alpha you. Come on, Omega. Come on, let him Omega you too. Let him finish some of this stuff. Praise God. Which means you got to cooperate with him to be able to do that. Is anybody hearing me in here? pause button off see jesus didn't sin and we supposed to get to the point that we say the same thing too that we don't sin no more like we used to do turn to first peter chapter one pastor i don't know about all that it don't quite say it that way praise god i think you just put some scriptures together and the way you do what you do you know you got that gift of gab <laughs> and, and you got that ability to be able to say stuff no no come on now let's read i'm gonna show you scripture after scripture after scripture to show you that this is true because I know this is going to be a hard pill for some folk to swallow. But I'm so glad that's not you. First Peter chapter 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's start reading at verse 14. We'll see what God's desire is for his people. 
He said in verse 14, as obedient children, as what kind of children? As obedient children. What kind of children? You know, God created a binary world, which means it's either off or it's either right or it's either what we should do or amen. Because there's only a two. There are no other options in between. So that means either we're going to be obedient children or. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you've seen that God really does want all of us to be imitators of him. I hope that you'll be inspired to do what you need to do to take advantage of this awesome opportunity that's been made available to me and you like God wants us to do so that we can walk like he wants us to walk and talk like he wants us to talk and enjoy the kind of life that can only happen when we're more like God. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just got that to church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out your way right away. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just go to church office and arrange a ride if you need a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. We also invite all the young adults in San Antonio and surrounding areas to our Young Adult Fellowship this Friday evening. It's called GAA. That's short for Generation Anointed and a Fire. GAA is a young adult ministry with a different flavor for a different generation. It's a ministry for young adults, ages 18 through 30-ish, who come together to celebrate the awesomeness of being young, brilliant, beautiful, born again, and fired up for Christ. Fellowship starts at 7 p.m., and it lasts until they go home. A.G.W. hanging. Childcare is provided at no charge, and VIP transportation service is available for this, too. Just go to church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be so glad you did. It's just good to find some other young saints in San Antonio who are also walking this thing out God's way. Whoever thought that being young and saved is boring must not know G-Dub. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.